0: mm
1: Hello and welcome to uh, Talking Toon Ticks, uh, that is, talking the politics of cartoons. Uh, this is the show where we uh, analyse uh, the politics and uh, philosophy of family films, um, and when there aren't any explicit uh, philosophies or politics, then we uh, very strenuously extrapolate the um, uh, random things uh, that come to us. Yeah, uh, is that about right, Ed? Yeah,
2: yeah. This is this is the show where we have a jumping off point that is the premise of the show, but then it's it's all fair game. We'd all just just go anywhere.
1: Um, yeah, we're completely unqualified, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I would um, describe myself as completely unqualified. Yeah, yeah. We're just um, talking a load of nonsense. <laughs>
2: isn't isn't that just what podcasting is where you you get your belly button out and just look at it and pick all the fluff and and stare at the lint and pick and talk about the fluff
1: that's that that's a perfect uh analogy for what podcasting is yeah picking the lint out of your belly button and analyzing it as if it's important
2: mm, absolutely
1: so this week, uh, last week, you did Zootropolis, and we actually have uh, at least two listeners Ooh. who gave us uh, feedback. No did way. you hear about this, Ed?
2: I didn't hear about that. Oh, oh no, I got one bit of feedback. Um, I assumed the other listener was me, but um,
1: so you did listen in the end.
2: Yeah, most of it.
1: Oh, did you enjoy it? Was it a painful experience? Um, yeah, both of those. Both. <laughs> Well, we had uh, I had a very nice email from Naomi, um, and uh, who is studying animation in Leeds, and she wanted to. She offered us a correction. We were talking about Zootropolis last week, the two thousand and sixteen Disney film, and Naomi says that halfway through your podcast, you were both unsure as to why Mayor Bellwether had chosen to have sheep bodyguards to protect her and the chemists uh, who make the night howler chemical concoction. Uh, And I think that they have been her animals of choice due to the health and safety issue, i.e. if she has predators working in her lab and they accidentally came into contact with the night howler plants, they could very easily turn on her and become a massive liability. We really should have uh, figured that out for ourselves, shouldn't we? Yeah. I
2: mean, yeah.
1: And but- uh, we had some more feedback from my sister who said, uh, it was it was very good, but too long. Can you keep it shorter next time? No. And she also said <laughs> that uh, the title doesn't quite make sense to her <laughs> of the podcast. She couldn't really... Uh, extrapolate politics from just ticks
2: well the thing about that is that it doesn't matter
1: yeah because it's a podcast yeah and we're just doing it for free we we're just yeah. doing it for the for the fun of it we're not even asking for money
2: yeah we're not even asking for listeners really that's i mean it's a bonus actually
1: yeah that's true we're not
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um but like like If you're listening, thank you, but you're not part of this.
1: Yeah, this isn't for you, it's just (laughs) for us. (laughs) This is our little private bonding session that we're we're casting out into the world (laughs) publicly. (laughs) I I,
2: I picked the movie this week. Yes. Um, And I picked it because I love this movie. And I didn't realize going in how actually explicitly political it would be and how much oh. I would get from it.
1: I think we're going to find that with all sorts of things. Mm. Um, it kind of like in the Why Our Dads podcast, which is now mm. uh, You Are Good. Like every week they seem to start a film and uh, the what's the name of the male host? Um, Hello, Alex, Alex Steed. Steed. Alex Steed, <laughs> you have to 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 remember his name. You have to you have to say it in Sarah Marshall's voice. Yeah. Hello, Alex Steed. Um, Alex Steed always thinks surely there can't be like daddy issues in this film, and and yet again there are yeah. major like daddy issues are the main central theme of the film. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, but this one is pretty pretty damn political, isn't it? Yeah,
2: I, I also enjoy the, the podcasting conceit where you pretend no one knows what the name of the movie is and you're keeping it a secret even though it's definitely in the title of the podcast.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have we not mentioned the title yet? Not yet, no. <laughs> We're okay, just saying we'll, we'll keep, let's see movie. how long we can keep that up. I haven't okay. seen this film. I honestly think the last time I saw it was with you because... We all went to see films together when we were children. That's mm. me and my siblings, and you and your brother. Uh, usually, our parents, our mums, would take us together. Um, and so, I think the last time I saw this was the first time I saw this in the cinema with you. Really? Yeah, I haven't seen it since. I'm. Uh, so have... it was a real trip down memory lane for me. It was really, it was really quite lovely. Oh.
2: I must have we- seen it many times in the cinema then, because I, I also remember, remember the first time I saw it, and it was on a school trip. So you wouldn't have been there. We went to different schools. Yeah, but, um, at that time, yeah. Yeah, it was... I, it was one of those summer, end of year, let's just take the kids to the cinema trips. And... Um, the the rule the rule was um, the the little little kids years one to three are going to go and see Chicken Run, and the slightly older kids four to six, which was which was me at the time, were um, going to go and see Shakespeare in Love, which must have come right. out around the same yeah. time, yeah, and which
1: ended up winning the Oscar.
2: Oh God,
1: Shakespeare in Love.
2: Anyway, we got there and they lost the film or something and, and so we all went to see Chicken Run and it was great.
1: Wait a minute, you were 6 in the year 2000? I was in year 6. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, how old is that? 10, 11? Oh, okay, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, well, I was I must have been 12 when this came out. Oh, so you you've just you've just popped the cherry of the title. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. We're talking about Chicken Run. Yeah the year 2000 it's the year 2000 <laughs> this is a pre 9/11 film mm. and you can tell it's just so innocent <laughs> it's so idealistic yeah yeah it's a pre uh 9/11 film but it's a post matrix film right that's how i i qualify everything it's either pre or post matrix there's no
2: bullet time in it, but there is lots I was, of slow motion.
1: There's a few tasteful bits of slow motion. I swear, I must have misremembered. I, it must have been another animated film around the same time that had an excessive, like uh, a really explicit reference to the Matrix to bullet time. Um, I know, and what I it thought was. it was this. I know what but it was. It's not it was this. Shrek. Yeah, Shrek. God. Those films haven't aged well, have they? No. No they haven't. Were they good? Uh, they were never good, were they?
2: Oh, um I I liked Trek when I saw it. But it's yeah. The whole, it, it doesn't it doesn't totally hold up.
1: It has Realized. a lot of
2: it still has a lot of adoring fans.
1: Right. Um, it just relies too much on on pop culture references and needle drops. A little bit, yeah. yeah, and it doesn't have much substance to it. Look at me; <laughs> it doesn't have much substance to it. Ed. Well,
2: I think I think Trek is like a is like an onion. It's got it's got layers.
1: Yeah, That's,
0: uh,
2: like
0: a
1: cake. A cake has layers. Mm. <laughs> so Chicken Run, yeah, It's directed by Nick Park and something Lord. Um, Phil Ardman. That doesn't sound right. Phil, no, Peter Lord. Peter Lord. Who's Vick Phil Park Lord? And then? Peter Lord. Where did that come from? Uh, In my head. Phil Lord. I don't know. Um, But, uh, and uh, they are uh, from Ardman who, who famously made the Wallace and Gromit films, uh, uh, A Grand Day Out, and then The Wrong Trousers. Mm. And uh, apparently... Yeah, that's right. Steven Spielberg had um, started his own he basically uh, created his own movie studio, which is quite a, a big thing to do. You know, they, all the old uh, all the studios are very, very old. And, and in the 90s, Spielberg decided to just make a new one and he called it DreamWorks. And they really wanted to excel in the anime in, in the field of animation. And so they were looking for uh, interesting animators and interesting scripts. And they got they flew Nick Park to uh, to L.A. and asked him if he had any ideas. And apparently Nick Park, who had uh, worked on a chicken farm, he he'd lived on a chicken farm or worked on a chicken farm with his when he was a kid. And he used to his early his first films when he was learning how to make films were uh he made the chickens in the farm the protagonists. He he said he'd he'd always been mulling over this idea of what if the Great Escape but with chickens, and he said that to Steven Spielberg, and Spielberg said, "Yes, that's it. That sounds great. Let's do that."
2: Wow, I didn't I didn't realize it. It came from an actual place of I worked on a chicken farm. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a good place to mention that um that uh, you you used to work on a chicken farm.
1: Ah uh, yes, yeah. And where was that, where were my animated films based on that experience? Well, well, well know, no, it's uh, been it puts me to shame.
2: It's been it's been done. This film came out long before you worked
1: on the chicken farm. Um that's true. I worked on a chicken farm when I went to Australia and I'd run out of money and I went to stay with one of our uncles. Um in Melbourne and um I was completely run out of money and uh I, the only job that I could find was on a chicken farm in the middle of New South Wales and um and I I was a chicken catcher and I, so I just much like in Rocky I had to chase chickens and uh grab snatch them up by their legs and move them between pens or vaccinate them. I would. I'd have to uh, plunge a syringe into their under their wings. Don't say vaccinate. We'll lose lots of listeners. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was vaccinating them against. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was quite a fun job. It's quite a physical job. How, um, how it really hurt when they flapped their wings and wrapped wrapped my knuckles with their wings.
2: Oh. How accurate is Chicken Run as a portrayal of chicken farming?
1: Um, <laughs> well, there were a lot more chickens, as I'll say, in real life, packed into a much smaller space. Um, it really wasn't a, it wasn't an environment that uh, a, a vegetarian or vegan or animal rights uh, activist would be happy in. Mm. I don't, It didn't really bother me at the time. Uh, it might bother me a bit more now. There were just so many of them. They were packed into such a small space. But yeah, I didn't have much of a problem with killing them either. <laughs> it's a bit dark, isn't
2: it? I mean, you know.
1: You don't use an axe. No. You you just uh, you just hold them by the head and spin them. Oh. And the momentum of their body if you spin them in the right way, if you've got a knack for it you you spin your wrist in the correct way the the momentum of their body will twist and and then snap their necks It's the quickest way to do it oh pretty grim stuff yeah. so yeah that's there you go there's a there's a fact of how things work on a chicken farm that that the film didn't get right but you know the axe is uh, it, it's good visual storytelling mm. isn't it and and the way i've just because sometimes if you spun them too fast if too hard their the heads could come off and blood would gush out and all over the place and then, <laughs> and then other chickens would go absolutely mad for the meat. Oh. They would love it. They would just pile on and just they'd all start pecking from the severed head. Oh, that's really upsetting. The, um from the neck. <laughs> and the, and their and their energy stays in their muscles for sometimes hours, like hours. It, they would fly flap about a load and then stop, and then maybe you kick the body about an hour later, and it would still have a couple of flaps left in it. We should probably cut all this.
2: Well, I mean, don't have to. There's no. It's not like um. It's, there's no mild peril or 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 swearing or or anything in this whole bit. Mild so. peril. I've
1: just I've just talked about how. I've talked in great detail about how you kill a chicken. Yeah, I
2: mean it's no characters or anything. It's fine. This is suitable for. <laughs> look, look, if if Watership Down got got a U, this is fine.
1: Um, there was a lot. There was a lot of casual. Yeah, that's right. The farmers on the farm that I worked in, they managed to fit the c word into every sentence. Oh. Every sentence. Okay. So that's not accurate in the film either. Right. Okay.
2: <laughs> I have. I, I um, have just got back from Yorkshire on holiday, and judging by the accents in the movie, mm. it is set in Yorkshire, presumably.
1: Oh, is that? I, mean, <laughs> I thought you were going to give me a specific place in Yorkshire where it's where it's from, it, where yeah, it's set. No, you, it's it's probably set in York. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, and You've got a real ear there, Ed. You've got a real ear for oh, accents. Yeah, I
2: can hear Yorkshire. <laughs> I can hear American. Oh, I've got a whole bit of no I, I made all notes on the accents in this movie. There's, there's.
1: I thought that I thought that that was going to be a thing. I was looking out for accents and to see what how character because often in in British films you have characters, heroes and villains are defined by class and you'll have some. Upper class bad guys, with very tough, tough accents, but they that that wasn't really no in this film. So, so they you just had the transatlantic thing, didn't you? Well, what we've got is there's there's a couple of it's it's it's
2: weird. Like like the accents aren't doing a lot of work, but they're doing something. So mm. the 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 protagonist, main character, Ginger has just a a standard...
1: For anyone who hasn't seen the film, the film is about chickens on a chicken farm who are are led by uh, a young female chicken called... Well, I don't know if she's young. She could be Uh, (laughs) middle-aged. Called Ginger. And she very much wants to escape from the fences, from the closed-in pens, and she doesn't want to be a egg laying slave mm. so go on ed i interrupted you were I was, talking, about I was accents. talking about
2: accents she's 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 got a standard southern accent the the voice actor is uh julia sawala um i think that's how you say it. yes um and uh all the ba- all, basically all the other chickens have got York- yorkshire accents and and the the owners of the chicken farm have yorkshire accents, yeah so um it's there's a little bit of uh the, you know the 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 clever thoughtful protagonist that the leader is is like got the has got a slightly more southern the accent high, the high prestige accent
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah um but it's not too high prestige. No, right, but but on a on a,
2: the perceived scale of you know upper class Queen yeah, Queen's English def- RP sli- all the way sliding sliding down to I mean what's at the bottom? What what's what's, um, the, bo- what's the worst
1: bog bog person lingo? Right,
2: okay, <laughs> you know that really filthy part of the United Kingdom, that gross part. <laughs> You know the one I mean.
1: (laughs) I like. I. I think we should leave it unsaid, so everyone, everybody has a different idea of what that is. Yeah, but it's not good. It's definitely. (laughs) Um, that's. Do you think? And the the northern the Yorkshire accent is definitely played for laughs, isn't it? The the more. It is. Could a case be made for the the stupider characters have a broader Yorkshire accent? Yeah,
2: that's that's absolutely. That's what the I'm going main for. joke so, with
0: Babs, so, isn't it?
2: So Mister Tweedy and Babs are both like they're the sort of the comic relief, stupid, bumbling idiot characters, and they have these really broad Yorkshire accents. But the yeah compli- the um, complicated- it's,
1: it's jane horrocks isn't she yeah. she's just wonderful she's such a funny comic actress uh she was in um or actor sorry um uh she was in absolutely fabulous as was the character bubbles was that her that name sounds right she was the secretary so. she's got incredibly high pitched uh kind of almost like she's been um sucking helium from a balloon <laughs> But she's got she's wonderful and she's in one of my favourite films, uh one of my favourite Mike Lee films called Life is Sweet, where she plays a kind of angsty, anorexic teenager, um, who's always complaining about, you know, the fascists and uh she's she's just a very moody teenager who's kind of hates everything and thinks everything is fascist and capitalist. Oh. She's great. She's a wonderful actress. That would work as a uh, good Are you supposed to? You're supposed to say actor, aren't you? I have
2: no idea. I think I missed this bit. See, I think of myself.
1: I've just tripped up. I've tripped up twice there. I think now everyone's an actor, and it's now frowned upon to call a woman an actress because they are all actors right.
2: okay it's like degendering the, the language I, yeah that's yeah, yeah. That's broadly yeah
1: it kind of makes sense right yeah. i mean it's it's kind of if anyone were to really pull you up on it i think it would be a bit all right come on chill out but also it does make sense yeah i don't i'm at a, i'm digging a hole here aren't i M- uh,
2: maybe i don't know <laughs> this is this is one of the ones that missed me i i try to like stay in touch with this kind of thing but I feel like I'm at mm. an age in my life now where I'm slowly losing touch with just things that I used to care about,
1: and and but comfortable with that though? Yeah,
2: more or less. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who the pop stars are anymore. <laughs> I know. I know Billie Eilish, and that's about it. Yeah. Is is Madonna still around? <laughs> do, do they still have steps? Do they still have h from steps?
1: Have you have you been pulled up for saying girl, and then someone said, "Yeah, but she's an adult woman, though, isn't she?" And you go, "Oh yeah, oh sorry, I've n- I've not I shouldn't have called her a girl." I've
2: not, I've not been <laughs> called out on that before, but I have, I, I have a woman on, on purpose. Yes. And, and yes. It felt really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because <laughs> the person yeah, I, I was
2: describing was an idiot. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh no. But yeah, I guess anyone above what what's the age of adulthood now? I, I, I mean, mean, certainly where I am, I'm I'm 34 now. So yeah, if I'm describing someone my age, shouldn't really be calling them a girl, should I? Mm. But then. You know, if you you go on a date, oh, I went on a date with a girl the other week. That just sounds right. I went on a date with a woman the other week. I guess it's got something to do with, well, if she's a woman, that makes me a man. And I'm not I'm not really ready to call myself a man yet. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but, um, I, I, think that I, I don't, don't mean any harm.
2: <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. Know.
1: Yeah. No, it, again, it's a fair point. We're going off track. Yeah, exactly uh, as
2: we're supposed to. <laughs> Should we jump ahead? Yeah,
1: because it's a put- We're inspecting the lint a bit, a yeah. bit too close. Oh. Where did we get to on Chicken so, Run? <laughs> so the, the
2: the the main villain, Mrs Tweedy, who is voiced by Miranda yeah. Richardson, I believe. Yeah, is, she's great. Has got a very thick Yorkshire accent, and it's really yeah. effective because it makes her sound like evil and not
1: like thick. And it's funny watching this. It reminded me... Um, oh, let me
2: tell you quickly what it reminded me of. Oh Tilda Swinton oh, well, in it snow might be the Snowpiercer.
1: Well, that's exactly what right. I was going to say. And I don't... Because I remember that was so kind of surprising, probably because it was Tilda Swinton, when she decided, right, I'm playing an arch villain in a in a high-concept science fiction film. Uh, what accent am I going to go for? And she went the broadest Yorkshire imaginable and you can't for some reason you can't place the yorkshire accent it doesn't make sense in a in a advanced you know technologically advanced future um and she just did it and watching this and seeing that villain mrs tweedy uh i was like yeah tilda swinton must have ripped this off yeah it's very effective
2: i mean yeah i mean it Um, makes sense geographically you know the owners of the the Yorkshire chicken farm have got Yorkshire accents, but uh, like like as if 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 you're a slightly if you're a, like a director casting director taking shortcuts, um, mm-hmm. you you go right, um, you know the thick ones will be from from Yorkshire or wherever, and the the you know the 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 villain will have like a crazy we'll have a silly high, uh, like high prestige rp type accent or something or be from eastern europe yeah. or something um and here the villain is, is got this got this broad yorkshire accent and it it's it's it, i mean unless you're looking out for it which i was because i was you know i care about accents and stuff um it it doesn't like it's. I. I find. I found it surprising that it worked so well, because it, it feels like it shouldn't. In like. In like broad movie lingo, not saying this is like right or what you should do, like, as, you know, you. People think you would hear something like a yorkshire accent and and you know that's code for well
1: what what did they do in because another film this reminded me of a more recent film is the fantastic mr fox mm. which i i know i know a few people who who love and i adore the the roald dahl uh, book and we had the audio book when we were kids on on tape um and i love the roald dahl original but i also and, and Wes Anderson took it in a very, very, very Wes Anderson direction. And I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And I think it's actually one of his best films that I keep returning to. And I keep, I keep getting more out of it every time. But he cast all the animals because the, the animals are kind of the sly, you know, devious, um, uh, cheeky, uh, getting one over on the human beings. So they're all American, which is quite kind of cute and and they i really love how they um whenever they mean to swear like if it were an adult film they would swear but in this they just say the word cuss um yeah. <laughs> uh but all the human beings are are are, uh, are are english because it's set in england so i thought that was quite a, a cute little dichotomy of accents there but i'm trying to remember what kind of class of accent they were? I'm pretty sure Kenneth Cranham was one of the farmers.
2: Right. I I remember one um, of them is Michael Gambon.
1: Oh, that's right. Not Kenneth Cranham. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe he's one. of, Yeah, Michael Gambon for sure. Yes. So that's quite RP, isn't it? Yeah. That?
2: Ish. Yeah. Up up the top of the the you know this like the sliding yeah. prestige scale that is. I, I mean. So they, this could have. I should probably say yeah. I don't. That's bad, we shouldn't have one of those
1: (laughs) Well this could have gone that way But I feel like Okay At the risk of um, Of really upsetting people from Yorkshire (laughs) 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 Down here in Kent Which is where I am at the moment And me and uh, uh, Some of the guys that I work with We just Everything's funnier in a Yorkshire accent (laughs) So we just do Yorkshire accents all the time. And I think there's a little bit of that here because I know Nick Park is from somewhere in the south as well. I'm pretty sure.
2: All of the Maybe I'm wrong the, actually. Wallace and Gromit. Where, is, is, and,
1: Wallace, and of course, there's Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. He's got a ridiculous Yorkshire yeah. accent. It's just funny. Maybe that's why we think Yorkshire accents are funny, because of Aardman films.
2: It's, yeah, it's very, very possible.
1: It's just you can always just... You can always lighten the mood by saying whatever it is you have to say. It doesn't have to be a funny joke, but you can just lighten the mood by doing it in a York, Yorkshire accent. It's just... It's great. But I wonder how people from Yorkshire feel about that, I'm sure. They're quite offended,
2: probably. <laughs> yeah, it's. I. I. I mm. think it's like a thing that you say, like like lots of lots of families and like like friendship groups and stuff have a thing where you just do a silly sing songy voice when you say like hello and goodbye and stuff.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I've, I've, yeah. My family and yeah, my parents and stuff have definitely like
0: oh hello.
1: Yeah of there's something warm about it it's not it's not like um I don't think it's like when someone from say New York uh puts on a a southern accent an American southern accent I kind of feel like when someone from the north would do that in America they would be doing it in a kind of uh, a mocking a cruel way they they're kind of um channeling or they're poking at the the stupidity of people from the south whereas when i put on a yorkshire accent it's not poking at the stupidity it's more trying to kind of employ the the warmth of it
0: hmm.
1: i think i may be wrong <laughs> maybe i'm just an awful bigot oh maybe
2: i'm that's the one that's i i i i don't i don't know i don't have answers for you <laughs>
1: All right, well let's move on. So chicken- Should we do a little a quick outline of the film or do you have something So no more no to that's
2: say? it. The quick outline of the film is, is um, there's um as these chickens and they're on a chicken farm and it's all mocked up to look like they're like the great escape. Like like they're on a prisoner of yes. war camp in the Second World but War. They're
1: not just prisoners of war. They are effectively sex slaves. Yeah, who are going to be murdered.
2: Yeah, it doesn't bear scrutinizing too closely which is exactly what we're going to do but I'm going yeah, yeah. to do that <laughs> but, uh, okay but
1: so we're in this chicken farm and it the, the, the thing is this film so beautifully um, it, it tells a story so a simple story so quickly with such economy and there's just incredible action sequences in it and some amazing production art direction in it and um some just really beautiful visual storytelling and, and you get you get okay it's a it's a it's a prison camp uh and it's chickens and uh they have to get out uh, there's one of them who's idealistic this is ginger who uh wants to inspire all the others to to escape because we want to be free and the others aren't sure and they just they're happy to accept their lot in life as as egg-laying prisoners um, there's there's a moment one day when one of the chickens hasn't been laying enough eggs, and so the farmer, what's Mr. his name, Tweedy. Tweedy, Mr. and Mrs. Tweedy decide that it's time that she gets the axe, um, and it's really quite brutal, yeah, isn't it? Like, like Earth, for a children's it's film,
2: early in the film, and it's yeah, it's grim. It's it's,
1: it's just it's so effectively uh, uh, lays down the stakes of the film. Mm. You know, if you don't lay eggs, you're gonna get the axe, and it's really quite shocking. Plus, plus There's they, they sort of,
2: her, and you see a skeleton in the next scene.
1: No, really,
2: yeah. they 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 eat I it did... for dinner, and like it, oh, the 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 scene opens on, uh, you know, oh, the, wow. the eaten carcass of a chicken with a roast dinner.
1: Oh no, I didn't. I don't. I don't recall that. But yeah, um, pretty, pretty brutal. <laughs> You know, um, they when they do the lineup, so, so they they're all called out for for muster, um, uh, and to have all their kind of eggs inspected by the farmer. And when the there's just the animation in this, the stop motion animation is just beautiful in this film. But um, particularly the sound design, I was really impressed by when Mrs Tweedy is walking along the row of chickens she has really skinny legs and she's wearing quite large boots, boots that are larger than her legs. And the way that the the hollow part of the boot slaps against her calves and her shins is that the sound effect for that is so intimidating and it's just beautifully done. It It, it was such a such a clever bit of sound I think what, really effective it was
2: uh, it was it was some, some foley artists job to make that wasn't it
1: yeah well they probably did they probably did you know slap something about inside the hollow of a like boot a
2: ham, a ham and like a like a soft leather whip
1: you you can hear the sort of air sucking and blowing out you know from from between the skin and the rubber of the boot it's just it's fantastic um, and just really scary because you only see her boots walking past the, the terrified chickens. I just That really stood out to me. There's a great moment when Ginger says, what What about, I can't remember the name of the chicken that dies at the beginning. Edwina. But she says, what about her? What about Edwina? Edwina died and someone, I think it's the Im- Imelda Staunton-voiced mm. hen, says, well, maybe she'd still be alive if she did more, if she spent more time laying eggs than... And trying to escape, yeah. and just that whole, you know, if we just keep our heads down and do what we're told and go along with the system, and you know, we'll we'll be mm. fine. Don't don't be a dreamer. And that, yeah,
2: they carry on with this whole conversation, like they just don't understand what she wants. She's saying like, we'll get away and we'll we'll find a better place for us. And um, you yeah. know, they're saying like, well, who's gonna? Yeah, and us? they can't. Where does the farmer? Yeah, live? who's
1: gonna? Where will the farmer live? Yeah, that's so mm. good. They just can't conceive of a life. Um, Again, um, Jane Horrocks as Babs is just so funny uh, when she's like, um, I don't don't want to be a pie. I don't like gravy.
2: My favourite line was like the first bit of dialogue in the movie is Ginger just gets out of the coal cellar and goes back into the farm and she just goes being like, have you been on holiday? And she says, I've been in solitary confinement. And she says, yeah, it's nice to get some time to yourself. (laughs)
1: yeah um but you've got yeah you've got ginger who's the idealist she's sort of the rebel who wants to uh inspire everyone to she's always trying to escape but she can't afford the contraband that she needs to escape so there's basically this pair of uh of mice um, I forget their names, but they're sort of like Del Boy and Rodney from Only Fools and Horses. And they sell, they can procure anything. Kind of like in prison, like Red in Shawshank Redemption. They can they can get anything but for a price, and their price is eggs. Um, and obviously, the the hens have to provide the eggs to the farmers, because that's their sole purpose. And if they don't provide eggs, then they get the axe. So, she can't afford the eggs to be- get the contraband, be it uh, digging devices like spoons or elastic to fire them over the fence. So that is a conundrum that she has. And she sort of despairs. Um, um And then...
2: Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, um, out of nowhere up in the sky.
1: Yeah, screaming freedom. Yeah. Which is, I <laughs> and, mean, um, in retrospect... Like, terrifying and, and most yeah. people's nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Did we know about um, Mad Mel I, back I then? I don't think so. I think in, this was In 2000. That. I think it was 2003, wasn't it? I, I don't know. When he... I, uh, I... Well, um, yeah. I mean, this was back when he was a very bankable Hollywood movie star. This was when he was one of the... I mean, this was around the same time that he was in What Women Want. Oh, that that mm, that absolute pinnacle of of the, <laughs> the, the
2: height of his career. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but he yeah. So he he's flying through the air and he's a rooster, and he's flying through the air. And Ginger thinks, "Wow, that that chicken is a is a rooster a, a type of chicken, or he, he's a male yeah, chicken. Yeah, right? a male chicken. Yeah, okay." So that chicken's flying. Oh, my God, he can teach us how to fly to get out of here. And um, he he lands, but he breaks his wing. Uh, and then what happens next? That's so, right. She... So this,
2: this happens. They have a sort of uneasy alliance where, where he agrees to teach them to the fly in return for hiding him from the circus that's come looking for him. They want him back. He's a...
1: That's right, but we don't know it's a circus yet.
2: Well, we know it's a circus, but we, there's there's a further bit we don't. Ah, uh, yeah. The, the oh yes, yeah, yeah. But we. Him.
1: Yes, that's right, and so he is the typical kind of uh, uh, freewheeling um, uh, man who hits the road. And you know he he he's, he lives life on the edge, and he's he, and he's the charming kind of gregarious American. He's, he's Han Solo. Um, he's essentially Han Solo, so, yeah. yeah. Um, and and Ginger is not impressed, and he's a he's a bullshitter as well, and he kind of says, "Oh yeah, sure, I can teach you how to fly," even though he knows that he can't actually fly. Um, and all of the other hens ginger Ginger doesn't fall for him but all the other hens swoon over him and think he's brilliant I really love the line when um, he says I'm from the land of the free and the home of the brave (laughs) and Mac says Scotland (laughs) that's great and it's also kind of nice that uh, Mel Gibson that he played yeah Mel Gibson played William Wallace
2: meanwhile to all of this we spend some time with the villains the tweedies who run the farm and they've been crunching numbers and they're not they're not got enough eggs and they're not making enough profit um and the the greedy That's the greedy right, yeah. evil mrs tweedy has decided she wants to um move into chicken pies instead so instead ins- Yeah,
1: that's right, because there's no money in eggs. Yeah.
2: So they, they they buy a big machine out of a magazine.
1: That's right, yeah. And I really love the um uh, the kind of when she says she says, I'm so sick and tired of making minuscule profits and then and then she reads a leaflet that says, Sick and tired of making yeah. minuscule profits. Yeah, that's a classic, that's classic <laughs> Artman type type yeah. joke. It's quite yes, it is. That is a classic Arvin joke. Um, it's quite funny how it's they only seem to be d- to do one thing with the chickens at one time. It's either eggs or 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 growing them to eat. They can't do both. <laughs> I
0: don't. I don't know. If <laughs> they just
2: seem to. I don't. S- I don't know. I mean, I haven't done the research really? on that, but I mean, my understanding. I is assumed you do one that or the would other. be.
1: Oh, is it? I think so. I should know. I worked in a chicken farm.
2: You you, work, well, you, you worked, I worked on the, in... the meat-type chicken farm, didn't you?
1: I did, yeah. We provided chicken for uh, Burger King, I think, which in Australia is called Hungry Jacks. Oh. Yeah, there, there was already a Burger King in, in Australia. That's
2: confusing. So they called... Yeah,
1: the same logo, the same colours and same whopper, Hungry Jacks. Weird. So... Rocky, we haven't even mentioned Mel Gibson's character name. Rocky is the, is the rooster and he, he agrees to train them. All the other uh, hens are swooning over him. And he, um, getting around the problem of, you know, uh, uh, of acquiring contraband, acquiring some elastic... Uh, what are they? Um, they're suspenders, aren't they? Trouser suspenders. And he gets them off the mice by promising them eggs. But the thing is, and the mice don't know that roosters don't lay eggs. So he's he and he's kind of smooth talk them. And so Ginger is quite kind of um, uh, uh, not very impressed with him because he's, you know, he's a liar and uh, and she's idealistic and. and truthful Mm. they keep they Um, keep
2: having this sort of they have a very uneasy alliance through this where where he's not totally on board with her goal of getting everyone out and she's not totally on board with his methods
1: well he's just a bullshit artist isn't he and he's trying to he's just sucking up all the uh luxury and attention that he can get and all the other hens love him um and then they have a party that's right. They have a wonderful party. Rocky puts on the party and he plays American swing music and they all have a dance and then he falls on his arm and his arm is mysteriously fixed. So maybe it wasn't broken uh, in the first place. And, but he's fine now. So tomorrow he can prove once and all that he can fly to, give, to boost morale. And that, so they agree you're going to fly tomorrow to 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 prove that it's possible, right. but then the pie machine is ready. Yeah. Mr. Tweedy has built it, and he decides to to that Ginger will be his first test run, and he puts her in it, and thus begins the most spectacular. Oh, excuse me. Thus begins the most spectacular action sequence of the film,
2: and it is it is fully Wallace and Gromit It's brilliant. Yeah. all moving. silly. Yeah, but- silly it's steampunk looking machinery uh, all the gags all the
1: you know yeah and the jumping you know the 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 guillotine jumping down and uh, and the roller the big roller my
2: favorite like visual little joke is that there's there's all these gauges on the outside where they're watching it on the outside and one of them (laughs) says gravy pressure
1: Gravy pressure <laughs> is the best. That's so for some reason, that is just so British. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but yeah, it's a spectacular sequence. Um, can you guess? Uh, so this is a stop motion film, beautifully made. Everything's made out of plasticine. Um, can you guess how how many seconds do you think they managed to get in the can a day?
2: Oh, not many. Uh, oh, I reckon I could move... Uh, if I was doing one scene, I'd have all my characters and I could move them a little bit and take a picture and move them a little bit and take a picture. I reckon I could get some... If the frame rate is, uh, I don't know, 60 frames a second, I reckon...
1: Oh, no, 60's way too is high. It? 24 frames really? a second. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's your standard film.
2: Is that right? Because um, in in uh, I'm I'm from softwarey. I'm thinking softwarey terms, and and all the all the video game type people complain about thirty.
1: Oh yeah, but that's video. That's different though. Um, right. Video games needs a higher frame rate because of I don't know interactivity or something. I'm not sure, but tri- films are traditionally twenty four frames per second. Right okay. But recently in digital they've gone up and. Peter Jackson went up to um, 48 frames per second with the Hobbit movies and everyone complained that they looked weird. Oh, that's right. People are comfortable with 24 and it, 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 sort of, okay. it has a sort of dream-like illusion. It, cre- it recreates is this, what your eye is help kind of my sees in terms all? of motion.
2: Because uh, I'm going to work out at the end that they managed to film um, 15 hours per day.
1: <laughs> Wait with no with in stop motion. Your mental. No,
2: it, it, oh, if it's stop motion, it's even easier. Then you can then you can. Uh, if, but if, you, if have you have to infinite... bear in
1: mind all of the artistry and the choreography and actually getting it exactly yeah,
2: right. Uh, and and assuming it's all choreographed for you, then 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 it's even easier. Then then you can get something like forty to fifty hours of footage a day. I reckon.
1: <laughs> they got. Uh on a good day they got three to four seconds a no day.
2: No way. Oh, yeah. I thought it was gonna be low, but um, I didn't realise it would be that low.
1: And he said he said um in an interview he gave with the The Guardian, um <laughs> he said that they would crack a bottle of champagne if they ever uh did a minute in a week. <sighs> which was rare. Um anyway, this sequence this is why I brought this up now. This whole sequence of of escaping the the uh, pie machine, which is basically Ginger's put through the pie machine and then Rocky jumps in to, to rescue her um, and they make it out alive. And it's this very spectacular sequence. Uh, the whole sequence took them three months to make.
2: Whoa, and, it can't and it must be, be it can't about be longer than a three or four minutes, minutes. Four or five, maybe.
1: Yeah. Three months. Wow. And my favourite bit (laughs) is when they land in the gravy-filled pies and Rocky says, God, it's like an oven in here. And then suddenly all the lights, Ah. the blue lights turn on and they are inside an oven. And then she jumps up and runs for the door. And he jumps up, but he can't stop. He keeps falling about in all the gravy. And he falls out of one pie and into another and then into another and into another and then there's an aerial shot looking down and it's just like it's about 50 pies and they've all got rocky shaped holes in them it's so funny he's he's fallen in every pie yeah uh so basically rocky rescues her they get out of the machine and um and the machine malfunctions and the gravy pressure is too high and it explodes gravy everywhere it's so I don't know what what's so British about it. <laughs> it's just, um, and so Mr Tweedy has to fix the machine.
2: So yeah, the next well, the next morning. Yeah, the next morning. Um, uh, Rocky has escaped. They 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 go to check on Rocky and see where see, and begin their flying demonstration. And he is
1: yeah, because he's supposed to prove to them that he, he can actually he, fly now that his wing he's is
2: disappeared. fixed and and he's he's left and
1: he's left something yeah
2: what he has left is the the bottom of his poster from the circus so there's this poster that has a picture of him flying but it's all ripped up um and he's, he's and the bottom yeah, part he's left that he's revealed part, now which reveals that he can't
1: he, he wasn't he
2: wasn't flying he wasn't flying he was shot out of a cannon
0: <gasps>
2: oh and he was lying yeah. about being able to fly. He was lying just so that they would hide him from the circus. And and uh, now that he's been found out, he's, 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 he's run off. Yeah. And all hope is lost. What a cad. And Ginger has a little sit down and cry and the rest of them have a fight.
1: Yeah, they all begin fighting. Um, and then Ginger has a, a light bulb moment. Because we haven't really mentioned Fowler. Fowler is an old rooster. Mm. He's a, he's the only male uh, on the farm before Rocky arrived. And he is um, like an RAF mascot. Yeah, and kind uh, of unclear. But the, all along they've been ignoring him because he's a uh, cantankerous old man. And they just... Uh, they just haven't, they, they, he just uh, waffles a lot. So they've just ignored him. And, fi- and finally now Ginger asks him, she looks at his brooch and it has wings on it. And she asks, what is the RAF? And he says, the Royal Air Force. Um, so this gives her an idea of, oh yeah, he, she asks him to show, show her what the Royal Air Force is. And he shows him all his trinkets and, and all these pictures of airplanes. And she thinks, let's build our own.
2: That makes sense. The, and the, the plane they end up building is all cobbled together and, again, all this Wallace and Gromit fantastic sort of silly bodged machine, Like Rube
1: stuff. Goldstein machine kind yeah, of thing. Yeah,
2: R- Rube, Rube Goldberg thing.
1: Rube Goldberg! Um, <laughs> I got the wrong Jewish name. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, Goldstein. Rube, Rube Goldberg. Um it's not really though, is it? It's, it's pulleys and it's all yeah, sorts of. But also, and it's yeah, made. Cogs it, and it's pulleys. It's made of all,
2: all their old huts and. Oh oh oh! oh that's just, right. I Just realised that it's sort of poetic because it's like the things that would used to contain them, they have used and turned yeah. into their method of escape.
1: Exactly, I it's it. beautiful. Um,
2: yeah, I, I was, they've I was turned gonna say, their. I was going to say that the the. Um, the plane has flappy wings. It flaps. And of course, it would if yeah. you were a chicken and building a plane based on an, a picture. You would assume yeah. they flap.
1: Exactly, yeah. Oh. Even though your wings are actually kind of anthropomorphized hands and arms. Yeah. Like. <laughs> There's, there's, I mean there's yeah, a lot these, the chickens in this film look nothing like real yeah, chickens there's a lot of problems if you go
2: down that hole like they've got teeth chicken famously <laughs> yeah, do not actually. that's like a whole saga. yeah,
1: well they do but they're tiny they're tiny little razor teeth trust me I know that they have teeth <laughs> <laughs> they they hurt <laughs> but they're little Um. yeah so they make this aeroplane and the, in this sequence um, they have all these they get all these tools. Where do they get all the tools from? I guess they get... Yes, that's right. Now that...
2: They get, yeah, they... Now
1: they've, that the Tweedies have decided to make pies, they've completely given up on collecting eggs because there's no money in it. So now the, the hens have loads of eggs to spare so they can give them to the mice in exchange for contraband. So that's where they get all their tools and and their... Um, uh, to build their air uh, aeroplane. Right. And one of the tools is this handheld, It's this beautiful... Uh, sorry, hand-wound um, drill. And that was the first tool that my dad gave me as a present when I was really small. And he'd let me drill holes in wood. Where, you know, I must have been about six or seven. Oh. And I still have it today. And when I saw it in this film, it's a very specific... It's basically a big cog. It's got a little lever on it that you spin around and you can fix whatever drill bit you, you like into it and when I saw it in this film it, it just uh, I don't know it made me really happy oh. remember, it reminded me of my first tool that's a, that's back when I double-edged thought double edged
2: story that's that's like wow that's, this reminded me of my first tool but, but also your dad got you a tool for your what for birthday for Christmas that's not a proper present yeah. is
1: it sure it is I, You can you can drill holes and stuff. It's great fun.
2: I mean, I'm I'm for sure getting my kids tools because that's way better than a toy.
1: (laughs) But yeah, your didn't your dad give you tools when you were a kid? No, we I got like. Your dad gave you slingshots. I was very jealous of that. Oh yeah, you got slingshots. Yeah, (laughs) you got weapons. Yeah, and and bows and arrows. I was very jealous. We we didn't get that. But anyway, seeing this tool, uh, and that was back when, I, you know, I thought screws, the only way to do screws in, put screws in, was by hand. And uh, I didn't know that there was such a thing as an electric screwdriver. I don't think Dad would allow it in the <laughs> house. So every screw had to be done by hand.
2: We should we should <laughs> probably have a sister podcast that is that is this, but... Doing all the movies again with an eye on the carpentry rather than the politics.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how interesting that's going to be. (laughs) I'm just going to critique all the carpentry and all the movies we watch. (laughs) There's a great, there's a scene in, um, funnily enough, Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. (laughs) (laughs) When Jesus played by. The main
2: character is a carpenter. (laughs)
1: Yeah, where Jim, uh, Jim Caviezel, who plays Christ, uh, invents a chair (laughs) and his mum, his mum says, oh, it will never catch on. (laughs) (laughs) And it's in ancient Aramaic. They're saying it all in Aramaic. (laughs) And he's like, look, I invented this. Like, you can sit at the table. And she's like, nah, won't catch on. He went
2: through a phase of those, (laughs) didn't he? I've, so so tell me if this is true or not I have not seen Apocalypto but my dad badly described it to me once and okay. he said
1: what did he, I want to know what your death call said his
2: summary of the movie was um, just this one bit that may or may not have been in it he might have been making it up but um, there's some like ancient Mayans or Aztecs or wh- whoever Apocalypto is about um, walking through the forest and a tree falls over and nearly crushes one of them, and they say in their <laughs> native language, shout in surprise. But the like the dub or the subtitles say, the sub- "Hey, I'm subtitle. walking here."
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that that definitely that does happen. I can really? confirm that. Oh god. That's yeah, yeah, amazing. it's it's quite funny. Um, there's also a really good joke um, where. Uh, one of the younger members of the tribe is tricked by one of the older members um, into putting chili powder on his uh, on his Winkle um, uh, because he's convinced that it will make him do sex better with his girlfriend oh. uh, and all the other elders in the tribe laugh at him when he's running around with his burning his burning Winky. Um the thing is, it's a very it's it's actually a really, really good film. It's a really good chase action film. And the thing about Mel Gibson is that he's just a really good director of action and he's a really charismatic actor, or he was. And uh he's an appalling human being <laughs> in real life. It's just but I just can't you can't take away from the fact that he's made some amazing films. Um, so let's finish. They build an aeroplane. Yeah. Um. Uh, and it's sort, uh, of,
2: it's sort of spliced in with a montage of the, the 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 Tweedies trying to fix the the pie machine. So it's sort of well, like that's a right. Race. And
1: also Rocky is on his bicycle far away and he suddenly has a pang of conscience yeah and he thinks oh and he sees the, he sees the sign for Mrs Tweedy's chicken pies and that that sign is so funny because it's literally it's just a pie with a little sad looking chicken's head sticking out of it it's like who would buy that chicken pie <laughs> <laughs> you know it's such a funny image yeah but he sees that and has a pang of guilt um, and uh, um, and yeah, another spectacular action sequence where they manage to f- Rocky. Rocky comes back. There's a beautiful uh, homage to the the Great Escape. Uh, he he jumps his tricycle. Where did he get a over tricycle? The, yeah, <laughs> I don't. Know I like to imagine it looks like a he, children's he tricycle stole it from a child. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> a, he's on a children's tricycle. <laughs> With a radio as well. Where did he get this from? Oh, he probably stole some of the hen's eggs and got it from the mice. Where did the mice they get stole the stole it tricycle? from
2: a child. A child was innocent. <laughs> yeah, they did. Was innocent Those guys are around.
1: dodgy. I want to talk about them later because they are dodgy. <laughs> um... But basically, he comes, he jumps it, like Steve McQueen jumps the motorbike out of the the Prisoner of War camp in The Great Escape. He jumps his tricycle back into the Prisoner of War camp uh, to lend a hand to help them escape in their aeroplane. Um, and... They manage to pull it off and Mrs. Tweedy chases them and they get caught up in some fairy lights and she climbs the fairy lights and it's all very spectacular, kind of like Air Force One. It's kind of like the end of Air Force yeah. One and with Gary Oldman and then, and um, and Harrison Ford. And there's that great moment when um, you think that Mrs. Tweedy has hacked off Ginger's head, but Ginger pops her head out again and reveals that actually she's hacked the fairy lights cord. Uh, And so she just drops it. And you wonder how could a chicken hold the weight of a fully grown woman on a fairy light with her, with her feather hands. It's a a gotcha moment.
2: Um, And so it's a fly away and there is a short epilogue just before the credits where they have um, built their like utopian society away from the farm and
1: which is on a small island in a yeah, lake
2: in a, in a bird sanctuary
1: oh right i didn't know um, that. yeah there's a
2: little sign at the end which is again is a little aardman style joke there's a little sign that says bird sanctuary but it's got bird crossed out and chicken written in spelt wrong yeah it's all very nice that's the end and that's the end of the movie with the, with their little utopian society in the my question is um there's loads of like chicks running around they've got they've got loads of little baby chickens in this beautiful yes. society and they can only have come from um either yeah either, <laughs> either either mel gibson or the other one
1: rocky which is the hotshot american mm. um or fowler who is the elderly um oh no but I uh, see. We. I really should have done this research before. Do chickens need men? Yes. To make yes, eggs, they do. Oh no, for do. eggs. No. Right. Um, so the chicks have come from the eggs. No then.
2: chicks. Chi- you need to fertilize an egg to get a chick, and that that you need a you need a bloke for to do bloke business.
1: Uh, oh really? So if you have a chicken farm. Um. An egg farm. Yeah. All those eggs that you're that are being produced, like they won't become chicks,
2: they're,
1: uh, because they're not fertilized so by a male.
2: It's crude and it's not. It's not like a comparison, but the the closest analog is menstruation. Like like oh, the, the chickens really? just naturally produce eggs and lay them, and if they get fertilized, then it can be a chick.
1: But the, depend. Oh, because that was one of. One of my big questions about this film was around that. Like for me, I was just thinking at what point do the eggs, you know, become kind of uncontroversial food? (laughs) Um, And what point do they switch from that to being valid life? Well, depending
2: on what kind of chicken farm you're running and like if it's organic and they all run around free range and stuff. Uh, my understanding is again, write in with corrections and put the record straight. <laughs> uh, bo- both of you. Um, but uh, <laughs> but my, my understanding is that um, like like stuff you get in a supermarket that's going to come from a battery farm or something is very strictly controlled, yeah. and there's like very little chance it's going to be fertilized. But if you have like a small group of chickens, like Or if it's like a small organic type farm there is a chance that like the eggs that chickens produce will have been fertilized and i'm sure i've read somewhere that you if you live on a chicken farm you just get in the the habit of cracking eggs into a bowl before you use them just in case there's like an embryo in it
0: Oh, like right. if you're making
2: a cake, you don't crack it directly into the, the flour mixture just in case you go, okay, oh no, so... I've got a baby. Yes. Mm. Whoops.
1: Well, because I was trying to sort of create uh, political allegories where there really aren't any, I was thinking, I, because of my rudimentary or my non-existent knowledge of how chickens and eggs work, uh, I thought that all the eggs that were being produced... For the farmers and that were also being traded for contraband, they were potential lives, they were potential children. Oh. And so I was wondering, so this this is like you know a... that's that's horrifying, isn't it? like they're they're essentially sex slaves. Right. so this is like what a... if there was a character who wanted to have a child? <laughs> like what if Babs wanted to have a child and she had to produce these eggs every day to only to be taken away? I mean it's kind of horrifying isn't it like well basically you're being asked you've anthropomorphized these these chickens and you're asking us as viewers to uh um empathize with them and and they're humanized and you know they are living beings that want to be free and want to escape from this uh prison um and they're having their young taken away from them cuz i thought of the eggs as um as literal children and so that made me <laughs> Think of those, the mice. I mean, firstly, they are slavery propeteers. Yes. But I think that they might also be paedophile <laughs> slavery properteers,
2: So there's this whole sort <laughs> of... that they have this whole conversation after this. Because they keep
1: licking their lips at, at the... I mean, obviously they want to eat the eggs, but I just... When I, when I decided in my head that the eggs were literally children, <laughs> <laughs> And the mouse is just like, Mmm, I want some of your eggs. They have, they have the- <laughs> and they keep demanding more they, eggs. They have this- and they're already, they're already um, slavery profiteers. But also, these guys, they, they watch slaves kill themselves trying to escape... For entertainment, and then they make they make up puns. Yeah. <laughs> they they and but they but they're like Del Boy and Rodney. These guys are some twisted dudes. Yeah. I,
2: I, <laughs> so uh, over the end credits, they carry on this conversation about what what they're going to do next, and they talk about well, yeah. we need an egg so we can start our own chicken farm. And that I mean right. it's sort of funny because um yeah it's it's clearly aimed at being funny and it's they start arguing about which came first chicken or the egg ha 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 yeah yeah but it's pretty quickly glossed over that they they just wanted to their their take-home message from the whole adventure was running a farm is profitable yeah that's twisted
1: yeah and they're and they're the comic relief oh they're the worst characters these these are pedophile <laughs> slavery profiteering bad pun making capitalist they're the worst mm. oh <laughs> bad people um so obviously you know the 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 kind of animal cruelty uh politics of it all it, it, it are very explicit and you know it, i did actually want to ask you uh, if this was Something. If this film had anything to do with your decision to be a vegetarian when you were that age. Uh,
2: no, it wasn't. But it was. Um, it, it, I, I do remember that message being like hammered home to me because I remember not getting it. And like I said, I first saw the movie on a school trip and we went back to hmm. school after it and talked about the movie. And the teacher right. asked us what the message was, and we all said, like, be yourself, or like, it's easy when you work <laughs> together, and stuff like that. <laughs> and the teacher yeah. said, no, no, none of that. It's about, it's don't eat chicken. Yeah. Which, like, is also... Well, wrong. that is
1: a message. <laughs> it's not... Like... That is it, a I message.
2: Mean, it is. Yeah. But I my. Now my personal feeling is that the message is resist fascism if necessary with violence.
1: <laughs> Do they resist with violence? There is
2: there is a little bit. So
1: I think you've been watching too much JoJo.
2: So, um, so when they when they um, so lock so up when, the they, end,
1: when they capture Mr Tweedy. Yeah,
2: the the end of the montage of them building the plane and the Tweedy's trying to fix the 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 pie machine. They fix the machine. Mr Tweedy comes out to grab another chicken to test it out, and he discovers them all working it hard on this plane, and yeah. like they're totally rumbled. And Ginger just yells, attack! And they all jump on him and beat him up and tie him up. So, yeah. um, I think that's fair enough. Uh, As well as anti-fascist activism, I also think this movie is um, pro-trade unionism. Uh, uh, Right, go on. So... I I think it's made explicit to some extent because Mr Tweedy keeps saying they're organized and he's, terri- oh, he's mate, terrified that's, that's that brilliant. they're organized.
1: Yeah, that's one of the lines that I was going to highlight when when Mrs Tweedy says I've got it written that they don't plot, they don't scheme, they're not organized. And I think that negative assumption has been made of a lot of marginalized groups you know by the powers that be oh that's too stupid to organize um
2: well what what we see time and time again is that you know the powers that be are terrified that marginalized groups and and you know exploited groups will organize um and they, they make constant active attempts to prevent them from doing so um so yeah, I mean yeah. There's only so far. Yeah, but I,
1: I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like um, African slaves in America. A lot of people just never imagined that they could organise to a revolt, you know, or something like that. Um, they could, they couldn't imagine. I, I'm thinking of because I've read the the autobiography uh, autobiography of um, Nat Turner, and how uh, they couldn't imagine that uh An African slave could organize other slaves into uh, such a successful revolt against their slave owners, and he did mm. um, you know and they would say you know they're too they're too stupid to to plot and scheme and organize.
2: Well, from i mean I, I don't have any examples off the top of my head but i'd have i'd have gone the other way with it i i i, I you I, I think I you're right yeah yeah more the, the, the yeah I mean, knowing what i know about
1: um
2: yeah of yeah, course how, how people are um, pe- those kinds of people
1: and were. that's how you know like but um uh bobby seal you know in the black panthers yeah yeah you know he was taken out by the fbi because he was he was organizing uh, unions of of uh, the Rainbow Coalition. Hmm. Did you see that movie, uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah? No,
2: I didn't recognize the name. Pretty good. Said, but um, I was thinking of Fred Hampton. <laughs> so, oh, Fred so Hampton! It's, yeah, it, for sure. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, also. So, so we're not talking about the same person. Uh, okay. No, it's no, perfectly um, possible. that the FBI another... murdered more than one Black Panther. Absolutely.
1: right okay. <laughs> yeah 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 but the um bobby seal i am it is the right yeah bobby seal yeah that's well the, the film came out last year um and he was definitely uh it, you know murdered by the fbi right. because he was he was even approaching white nationalist groups and saying hey we have a common a common enemy mm-hmm. um and you're you're just as poor and you're just as disfranchised as we are. Right. Let's work together. That's a that's a thread um,
2: I touched on that I came back to with this film directly. So you know, like like, so one of the things that happens in the movie is um, Ginger and Rocky don't like each other and don't respect each other's methods and goals, mm. and they find themselves trapped into working with each other. And that is that's a really common thread you get among activist groups.
1: Absolutely, yeah, but I think in this film, Rocky just represents... He's Han Solo. He's just a selfish individualist who's only out for himself. Mm. And so he doesn't really have any goals other than to, you know, enjoy uh, hedonistic pleasures and his life on the road. his
2: methods also... I mean, to some extent, they work. So one of the one of the crucial things they need to do is galvanize support. Um, and right. and we, that's we see true. Yeah, that's a good of the debate. film, that Ginger isn't re- like they go along with her plans, but she's not very like um, charismatic and doesn't have their full yes. support. They don't want to go along with her yes. plans. They 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 keep saying yeah. like, well, you know, what's wrong with just keeping your head down and and
1: whereas he well he says it in the line um uh if you want them to perform you've got to tell them what they want Mm. and she's like no well over here we we tell the truth and i think she's really because he's he's a bullshit artist i don't think there's much yeah he can party and he's charismatic and he wins this kind of the love, but he's he's just full of shit. Whereas she, I think she's always cast as the, it, she I mean she's the protagonist of the film. Although is she, because it's kind of like she doesn't really change that much. She's right. And she doesn't go on a character arc. It's Rocky who's redeemed. Well, yeah, it depends who how you who define
2: is protagonist. But I, I, of course, I certainly yeah. think like she's the key mover and shaker. She does everything in the movie, and it's sort of like about her and
1: her it, efforts. absolutely, yeah. But she's one of the rare examples of a like a saintly protagonist right. where she's right all along. She doesn't have to change, but and through sheer force of will she inspires those around her to pick themselves up and change and believe and hope much like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption, or I saw this, uh, comedy with one of the, the geeky Canadian guys from knocked up called the Trotsky. Have you seen that? No, it I, th- rings a bell, I think you'd like it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's about a high school kid who believes that he's the reincarnation of Leon Trotsky. Ooh. Um, and he's just a massive Marxist. Um, and it's, it's fine. It's kind of funny. It's problematic in all sorts of ways. But he's the main character in the film. But within the world of the film, he, is, he never changes. He doesn't go on a character arc. He doesn't learn or I- anything. He's always right. You know, his Marxist ideology is, is proven to, out within the film to be correct. Right. Um, and it's, he inspires other people around him to change and it's quite a rare protagonist it's quite rare that you'll have a film usually a protagonist will be someone that goes on a journey of, of change um, and so I mean Ginger definitely is the saint in this film she's like the Joan of Arc kind of freedom fighter yeah.
0: her, her guns um, are never but really you have
2: wrong to, I mean she she is shown to get stuff wrong and um, makes not mistakes but i guess like you know she, people don't always trust her i guess she's not like successful yeah and all they the
1: need they need that good old american rock music to to get them in the mood <laughs> <laughs> which is how rocky but they've th- th- this film does even though it's got a strong female protagonist um and it's just a wonder i forget the name of the actor that that does the voice but I was really impressed. All the voices in, in this are fantastic, but she gives a really amazing performance. What's it, Sally? Who? Who? Ginger. Well,
0: yeah, Ginger. Julia, Julia
1: Sawalla. Ju Julia Sawalla. She's brilliant. Um, it's a really great performance, and but I was going to say that even though she's the main character, um, and she's an impressive. Main character. She still this film still falls into the trap of the the woman is is the party pooper who's the boring one who's always spoiling the fun. And the man is the really fun, gregarious he's the exciting A one. little
2: bit. But I mean I think
1: Although she does come up with the plan to build a a mental flapping aeroplane, so I guess she's having fun yeah. there. Yeah. I
2: mean it is there's The majority of the cast is is women and it's it's really unlikely especially at a time like the year 2000 to get a super successful like like um summer blockbuster movie with a you know majority female cast and it also be a great movie so i mean there's, there's something to be said for that as well plus they do they do yes I mean with the exception of like maybe Fowler the RAF guy who doesn't help that much they do make the entire escape plan without Rocky and without any men involved.
1: Yeah, that's true. And the, and the villains I was will, I
2: I uh, the, the, you know the main Mr. Tweedy is kind of like a bumbling idiot kind of force and the the real Well,
1: one. this 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 film's definitely doing something that I think It became quite popular in the early 2000s, I think, films, comedies that would poke fun at male chauvinism and male bravado and essentially impotence, really. And and it's sort of mocking that. And I think Anchorman is one of the the key examples. But this is definitely doing that. It's just showing how ridiculous and um, full of crap... uh, sort of men with a lot of bravado are and that that is Fowler and Rocky and it's just showing these these women who are perfectly capable who who have to put up with them Mm. and that's why I find I'm really disappointed I mean obviously it's a it's a it's a Hollywood film um it's kind of expected but I was just really quite disappointed at the end when she hooks up with Rocky because the whole film she's been resisting his charms. Not in a oh, you know, she's saying no but she means yes kind of way. She just thinks he's pathetic, or at least her, her behaviour towards him is like, you're not impressing me, you're he's a fuckboy at best. <laughs> Come on. He's <laughs> I've he's, been really holding he's back just, on the yeah, sure, this Yeah, Sure, maybe one. he's handsome and he can dance, but he's not someone to settle down with. He's he's pathetic. Yeah. He's he's just full of shit. And so, and it was, I really love the moment when I think he says something like, surely you can't resist my charms or something like that. And she just squawks for the farmer to come and get him. (laughs) And I just thought that she really uh, impressively resisted him the whole film. And then for them to hook up at the end just because, it kind of disappointed me.
2: Yeah. I mean... Well, what, you, yeah, you, you have to, don't you?
1: He did, it, but the thing. Is, well, that's another thing. He redeemed himself, right? Yeah. He was he was on his selfish journey, just like Han Solo. I'm just looking out for myself, and then he had a, a pang of guilt. I'm gonna go back and help them. And she did
2: slap him. That's
1: true. Slap and then a yeah. kiss. Um. Whenever Rocky says to, uh, Ginger, whenever he calls her. What's the cute name he calls her? I don't know. Something, something belittling and... He calls her Dollface. Oh. And every time, because it's Mel Gibson's voice, every time he called her Dollface in this film, I just couldn't get out of my head what Mel Gibson called that female police officer in oh. 2003. There is a classic 90s trope. It seems to be in every 90s comedy of... Uh, of Rocky, of of all of the female chickens doing aerobics, um, in the training montage, and Rocky is checking out their bottoms as mm. they, as they bend over. Classic nineties trope, isn't it? And then and then Ginger catches him and gives him a look, and and he he tries to look innocent. Yeah,
2: well, it was okay chicken's back then, over. wasn't it? It was all right. You were allowed to. It, it was all a different right. time. Bring,
1: bring back... <laughs> That'd be funny, someone like re- really passionate about that particular... Mm. bro. Why can't we have the scene in the movie when the man innocently looks at ladies' mm. bottoms as they do aerobics? Why can't we have that anymore? Dear Talking Tomb
2: ticks. I was very disappointed <laughs> in your latest episode.
1: Where you criticised... The bending over, the checking out the ladies' bottoms while they're doing aerobics. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a bit of light-hearted fun. I personally take
2: special time every day to ogle a chicken.
1: <laughs> Have you ever seen... Because this film is essentially based on The Great Escape. Have you ever seen it all the way through? I, that it's, it's almost like a, a British tradition of watching it on Boxing Day. The day after Christmas. I've not
2: seen it all the way through. I've seen, I'm sure I've seen all of it in bits on the TV on Christmas.
1: I don't think I've even, I think the few bits I have seen, I've probably seen at your house, but I don't think I've even seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it all the way through, but in bits. I've I've just seen bits. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, I've
2: played the video game of The Great Escape. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting. Oh yeah, this. I forgot about that. Um, the video game where they, I think they, no, they might have got some of the cast. They might have done. Yeah. I can't remember. But they change all the endings. Um, in the video right. game, do they have multiple endings? Yeah. So, so the film sort of has. There's a whole separate, separate adventures in the movie. They all sort of <laughs> everyone splits up, and they have um, different fates in the game when you finish it everyone escapes in the movie i think some of them get killed and some of them get recaptured i don't know if any of them actually escape all the ones i can think of right. like either die or get captured
1: again I was that video game any good it, no <laughs> oh
2: <laughs> so this this, oh. this is probably a good place for me to um
1: J- Mentioned the chicken run video yeah. game? Yeah.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you with my surprise segment, which I don't have oh, okay. which I don't have a theme tune for. But it's like the last surprise segment. It's called Okay. It's called Tie In or Lie In. Oh no, have
1: I spoiled it already?
2: Um uh, well I'm gonna Well just go on with your game, you, yeah. I'm gonna give we can you, cut around yeah. it. I'm gonna give you some uh, intellectual properties, <laughs> some movies. Yes, And you have to guess whether there is an officially licensed video game of it. And you yes. know the first one, yes. There is a PlayStation 1 game of Chicken Run, and it was okay.
1: It was like a stealth game, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: um, none, of, none of the original yeah. cast are in it, um, and it's, it looks almost exactly like Metal Gear Solid. Like, in terms of like the, like, there's an inventory system and there's sneaking about, and like the cameras change angles depending on where you're pressed up against the wall to look around corners, stuff like that. Brilliant. It looks quite Brilliant. good. It looks like a fairly solid, like, middle of the road good game, which is way. Can I
1: just bring in a sidebar to your sidebar? Yeah. I have another Metal Gear Solid connection here. This is going to blow your mind. No. Guess who did the music? For Chicken Run, not the video game, the film. Is it the same guy who did Metal Gear Solid? Harry Gregson Williams, who did the soundtrack for Metal Gear Solid Two.
0: Ah,
2: that's an amazing soundtrack.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, for on both counts. Yeah, that revolutionised video game soundtracks. That was
2: that was special.
1: The the, yeah, Yeah. I wonder if he's. I actually own it on CD.
2: Would he, he would have just he done did, the music, he did right? the sound He's effects. not in, in charge of like sound design or effects, like the... the electric... No, no, he just did the right. music. okay.
1: Yeah. Anyway, sorry, back to your game. Fight Club. Uh, yes, there is a video game adaptation of it, which is dreadful. It's like a bad, bad Tekken.
2: That's true, yes. It's for the PlayStation yes. 2. Um, PlayStation 2, yes, right. And yeah. Xbox that whole generation there is a fight club fighting game um do you yeah. know who is in it from the original cast
1: ah uh, um
2: jared leto i th- he might be actually i didn't i didn't write i no i don't think he is because if Meat i'd have seen it but if i'd have seen it i would have written it down um meatloaf, meatloaf is in it Brad is not oh in it. God. Ed is not in it, but Meatloaf is. And in they it.
1: don't have the same faces. Yeah, yeah but they do have Meatloaf's face. Great. And who
2: else is in it? Who is not in the film? Oh, I don't know. Um, when, once Who's you, not in the film? Once you beat story mode in Fight Club, you have you played all of this game? No, no I looked this up. This is, I went down a crazy. I rented it hole. once. It's dreadful.
1: <laughs> it's just unplayable. When you beat then.
2: story mode, you unlock Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and Fred Durst, lead singer from um Limp Bizkit.
1: Link Bizkit. Cheese Bizkit. <laughs> Great. Abraham Lincoln. Who else could you possibly want for your video game? For your fighting video game? Yeah.
2: Um the Hunger Games. Is there a video game of the Hunger Games?
1: There is not.
2: There is not. There is not an officially licensed video game of The Hunger Games because if there was, it would probably involve murdering children. And for some reason, mm. that's. I mean, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but that is the line that we have drawn as a society that, that there won't be in video games. Yeah,
1: fair. That reminds me of. You remember Perfect Dark on the Nintendo 64? Yes. Yeah, well. Uh, in the early development of the game, I remember this being reported in Nintendo Official Magazine, and I was so excited about it. They were going to come out with a Nintendo camera. I think they did in Japan. I think this actually existed in Japan. A camera that you could plug into your N64 and take a photograph of yourself, and then place, map that, the picture of you, onto a created character. You could create a character in Perfect Dark. And so you could run around in multiplayer as yourself. And uh, but of course, it was it was cut from the uh, European, American and Australian versions because it's effectively encouraging kids to kill each other. Literally.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Which they would do because that is how big a first person shooter. You do stuff and then imitate it.
1: Oh, yeah, mm. of course, yeah, because that's how, yeah, that's what happens um, when I brutally murder someone in Grand Theft Auto. Mm. I, I mean, I didn't have the idea to do that before, and now I, I want to go and do it now in the street. Mm-hmm. I've got Absolutely. A, a lust for it. Um,
2: yep. Street Fighter the movie. Is there an officially oh. licensed game of Street Fighter the movie? Even though the movie is already based I'm... on the Street Fighter video games.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to say no.
2: Incorrect. There is. There is a video game called Street Fighter the movie. And it features oh, wow. the likenesses and um, I believe limited voice talent of Jean-Claude Van Damme and Kim
1: Basinger. Right. Wow. Uh US Kim Basinger is in is in Street Fighter, the movie? Yeah. Oh, man, I've got to watch that
2: movie. <laughs> US Gamer magazine <laughs> called it an abject embarrassment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it can't be as bad as that E.T. game that got oh, put in a landfill. That was my
2: surprise last question.
1: Oh, no. Uh, well, you already knew <laughs> Well, you tell that. the story. You've done the research. No,
2: there's no... Um, I mean, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't bother re- rehashing <laughs> it. I was just going to throw it out there. Um... Yeah,
1: but that's famous, it's a famously dreadful game for the Atari that was so bad that they couldn't sell it, um, and so they had to pile it into a landfill. Right,
2: I have two more that have little fun little stories. Um, Are there any video games of any of Studio
1: Ghibli's movies? Studio Ghibli? Oh, they can't be. I mean, they've got such strict creative control over those movie properties. I don't think they would allow it. Is there? Are there?
2: There were three. There was a series of three video games um, tied in to Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Okay. When that came out, Um, which is lovely. I really, really liked that. Um, I think it was an acquired taste and it was like... The movie i've not seen it um it is in, it. intensely political long story short it's mm. about like pacifism and nuclear disarmament i guess
1: oh cool um, all the great japanese films are about that are they
2: there was there was a series of three video games that were tie-ins to that and um Hayao uh, Mag- Miyazaki hated them so much that he banned there you go. yeah he forbade any further video game tie-ins with from any Studio Ghibli right. movies yeah. so there are none since 1984
1: Okay yeah um, because sense. it's a
2: movie about pacifism and they made a light gun game where you shoot the bad guys <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah they've got <laughs>
2: Is there a video game of
1: Les Miserables? Oh, God. This sounds like a trick question. I mean, my instant response is no, there can't be. But is there? There is
2: not an officially licensed video game of Les Miserables. But there is a fan-made fighting game of Les Miserables. Oh. God. um it's a street street fighters a like fighting game and it was made um by fans in the late 90s
0: and wow. it looks
2: you can see playthroughs <laughs> on on youtube and it looks incredible it looks absolutely oh boring. my it's called <laughs> i'm gonna look this it's up now arm joe arm um, joe
1: yeah. why um
2: it's transliterated from Japanese, and in Japanese, like, arm um, jo means um, it's, it's different words, but it means something like, oh, suffering or something. Something something to do with okay. Le Miserable.
1: So, this is a Japanese fighting game based on Le Miserable. Yeah. Holy um,
2: shit. The playable characters include Jean Valjean and Robo Jean. <laughs> Robo
1: Sean A a robot clone (laughs) of Sean Valjean. Oh (laughs) my god That's amazing What an amazing tidbit of information Um. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we get back to the plot of Chicken Run? Okay So there are these chickens, uh, right? That
2: was tie-in or lie-in The fun fun tangent game Mm -hmm. Amazing. Anyway, there was a chicken right. run game and it was great. Just like the movie we were talking about.
1: Yeah. So we went we went This film is very much kind of very referential to The Great Escape, but like it's got a sort of nostalgia for World War 2 and the dynamics between the British and Americans in World War 2 and which which is kind of quite prominent in films about world war Two, um this basically the british were in first and then the americans were unsure as to whether to join and it's it's kind of most famous in casablanca you, you have rick who's the american that just looks out for himself and then it, and he has to he's he's given the opportunity to help his the woman that he loves with her new husband and does he help her uh or does he look, just look out for himself does america help uh the uh, um in europe does it help british britain with the war effort or do they just look out for themselves and then in the end they have a redemptive moment and just i think that's a really popular uh kind of arc that That people really love that, like someone who's been selfish, and then they they prove themselves not to be selfish, uh, or someone who's racist, and they turn out they learn that racism's bad, and that's why we have films like uh, I don't know if you saw Green Book. I thought you were gonna say Green Book.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: But you know, Americans just love that.
2: They they love when all (laughs) of society's problems is just a few bad apples, and they just don't they just don't know better. And and if they if only they'd taken the time to get to know someone, we could...
1: If they just went to a barbecue yeah. um, and d- d- listened to some African-American music, then they'd learn that, oh, yeah, racism. bad. And then they bad. can learn about us I, as well. I was wrong.
2: It's two sides.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those films never cease to be very popular. People just love seeing a redeemed racist. Oh, wow. Um three billboards yeah, is another gonna, I example I was going to say
2: that just as you said it yeah we've got, I hate three billboards no we've got we've got totally the same frames of reference I really loved it when I yeah. saw it I thought it was there was so much to think about and so so it was so clever and I immediately left the cinema and thought wait a minute having thought about it for a second none of that made any sense none of <laughs> it cohered and it's just it was all just
1: just throwing everything yeah. at the
2: wall I hate that film so I much I thought like 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 I came away thinking the same thing about like in Bruges and cl- like all the like like edgy political the thing is, correctness I like in stuff Bruges. was sort of playing a yeah. purpose there, and in three billboards, it was just like, bleh.
1: yeah.
2: One of the other podcasts yeah, I like massive. is um, hosted by a guy from Missouri, and his one of his games is um, name the best movie set in Missouri. Um. Three Billboards is the worst movie set in Missouri.
1: Oh, brilliant! Um,
2: what 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 do you? What's the, the best? best movie set in Missouri? Is Roadhouse apparently.
1: Oh, Roadhouse, classic! Have you I seen have. it?
2: I really want to now.
1: Oh, it's a banger! It's just oh wow, it's a classic '80s action film.
2: So that would make a good companion piece to this in our in our ongoing yeah. series of double features roadhouse chicken run um that's that um that is actually everything i've actually said everything off my list we talked about accents Um, we talked about anti-fascism
1: i did just want to add that chicken run 2 is in development i think for netflix and it has been for a while and criminally the original cast aren't coming back obviously i'm not I'm not worried about Mel Gibson. I think we, he can stay in the naughty corner. Um, uh, to hell with what Robert Downey Jr. thinks. But um, they haven't asked back. Like Rocky and Ginger are still going to be characters in it. And they haven't asked back.
2: Julia Sawala. They
1: haven't asked her back. And she's really upset about it because the character's going to feature in the film. And she did such an incredible job yeah the last time and but they have asked back Jane Horrocks. That's weird, because obviously I mean Bab's is a very distinctive, funny voice. Mm. It's almost like a brand in itself, Jane Horrocks's voice.
2: I'm um, reading here they've they haven't invited back Brad Pitt or Edward Norton, but they have invited Meatloaf. And Abraham Lincoln and Fred Durst, lead singer of, of Limp Bizkit.
1: Yeah. But our, the next film that we're going to cover uh, will be Happy Feet, which I've never seen. Have you ever seen I think it? think so, a long time ago, and I don't remember anything about it. I'm really excited about it because I've heard that it has some really bonkers... Uh, political allegories in it All right um but also I'm more excited about it because it is written and directed by George miller who is the mastermind bit bit behind the mad Max franchise oh. and I am a big mad max fan and I think mad Max fury road is is a perfect masterpiece and um, I've been told that this film is where he was kind of exploring some of his filmmaking techniques that he would end up using in Fury Road. So I'm going to watch, not only am I going to watch Happy Feet, I'm going to watch the entire Mad Max franchise to to really try and see uh, where, where the overlap is. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> it's a film about a tap-dancing penguin. I <clears>
2: believe <throat> Elijah Wood is in it. Right. yeah well that will be our next double feature uh, happy feet and mad max fury road yeah i think it'll be a good one awesome all right
1: goodbye thank you for listening and thank you for uh recording this with me cousin eddie i love you i love you too bye, bye.